Welcome to Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm your host, Megan Pastrana. Falling in love is exciting. Maintaining a healthy relationship takes work. And when you're going through an immigration process, you are faced with unique challenges. This podcast is for anyone in a cross-cultural relationship who finds themselves lost in the labyrinth of U.S. immigration. We will interview relationship experts, explore the stories of real couples, and provide important tips on starting the next chapter of your lives together. Welcome to episode 14 of Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm really excited for our guest today because it's a fellow immigration attorney, but an immigration attorney in Italy, uh, Michele Capetti. And my husband and I, we went to Italy earlier this year with a group of attorneys, and we got to not just travel all over Italy, but learn more about the culture and the legal system. And it was so amazing. We made this amazing connection with Michele. And he is the owner and CEO of Capecchi Legal. It's a law firm in Florence, Italy. He actually has a master's of law from the United States, from Loyola. And then he's licensed to practice law in Italy. And his focus, he really has this very unique niche and work in the world of global mobility, helping individuals who might actually, that was the most fascinating part of your presentation that I learned when I was in Italy is that there might be an individual who's an Italian citizen and not know based on your on your heritage, on your ancestry. And that's so beautiful because you have this whole melting pot in your background and you might have this connection and be an Italian citizen without knowing. And he can help you to navigate the system, to have your citizenship and to start that next chapter of your life in Italy and help you with the real estate. So part of it too, all of the moving, bringing your family. So the global mobility. So I'm so excited to have you on and I'd like to turn it over to you to tell us more about your work in the world and how you got into this really amazing niche. It's so good to be here with you, Megan. Actually, thank you so much for making this happen. It's always good to be able to, well, our meeting, the one that we had this spring, past spring was enlightening for me as well, because obviously finding on the other side of the ocean, lawyers and colleagues that are actually doing in a parallel way or like in a very similar, in the mirror almost, doing what we are doing because we are helping people to move their life, business and family in Italy. A lot of time there are these families or there are married couples or de facto relationships. There are a lot of things related to, can I bring my spouse? Can I be, may bring my kids, my mother, my father? And then I met you who is exactly like in many ways helping people to achieve their dream of moving to the United States. So it's interesting to see that there are ways that we speak the same language. And I'm not only talking about speaking English where we're dealing with these things, but we have we know the complexity of something like helping people achieving their dream. What I've done over the past, let's say, 15 of the 20, 22 years of my legal activity, I've been working for as a lawyer for more than 20 years at this point. But about 15 years ago, I decided to concentrate my legal practice more in what you said, like global mobility. So helping people and companies to complete their dreams or achieve their dreams and goals here in Italy. From a business perspective, we help a lot of companies trying to open their subsidiaries companies or complete transactions with Italian companies here. From, let's say, more personal relationship, we help a lot of people in either buying their properties if they want to, it's becoming very advantageous economically also to invest in real estate market here in Italy in many ways. And they want to bring their life, 
who want to bring their family, they want to take a sabbatical. We have a couple of very important clients that decided to take their radical sabbatical here in Italy with the intention of to stay here for one year and exposing their family and their kids to, to the beauties that we have in Italy. And then the magic happens and they decided to stay here longer. Then we help them buy properties to get the permit to stay here for a limited amount of time and also acquire Italian citizenship. Italian citizenship is one of the things that came out, I don't want to say is a new is a new thing because since 1992 is actually possible for all those who want to become Italian to do it without having to renounce anymore to their foreign citizenship unless their home country forced them to have only one citizenship. But for instance, between the United States, Italy, and Canada, Australia, Brazil, it's possible to have more than one citizenship. Italy yeah. changed the law in 1992. So starting from 1992, people can actually become and obtain Italian citizenship without having to waive or renounce to their original citizenship. What changed tremendously happened over the past 10, 15 years, where the Supreme Court actually expanded the possibilities of people to acquire Italian citizenship in their Italian lineage. Italy provides Italian rules regarding citizenship to re-acquire to obtain Italian citizenship if we can prove that they have an uninterrupted line of blood starting from last Italian-born member of a family who left Italy 100 years ago, but because he never renounced to his Italian citizenship or renounced to his Italian citizenship after the birth of the, his children, it's possible to pass Italian citizenship generation after generation. And 100 years later, it is still possible to claim your Italian citizenship if we're able to show that the line of blood was not interrupted. And as we say, consider that in the United States, we had over probably 20, 30 years of migration, probably four to five millions of Italians, if no more, who arrived in the United States on the boats and with very little belongings, but a lot of dreams. And now, because from each one of those people, we have now 10, 20 members of a family, multiple generations. We have about 20 millions of Americans that are potentially able to claim their Italian citizenship. Wow, you said 20 so million? <laughs> That's crazy. And you said uninterrupted. Yeah. What could you explain that? Sorry to interrupt, but could you inter explain that? Because I want people to really understand what that means to have that lineage and have it be uninterrupted. Assuming that 100 years ago there was. Mario, a name like a typical Italian name. Mario decided <laughs> to arrive in the United States. He was an Italian citizen. And he decided to arrive to look for, for a better life for himself and his family and decided to, to cross the ocean. Mario married a wife, or maybe he went to the United States with his wife, and they were Italian. They started their life in the United States, and eventually they had a child, Luigi, another typical, oh, or Louise, or... <laughs> <laughs> who or Frank, who was born in the United States. Because of the rules that you have in the United States, that child was a U.S. citizen. But because of the rules that we have in Italy, which is the Italian citizenship is passed by the Italian blood, that child, that Luigi or, or Frank or Francesco, born in the United States, was, even without knowing, also an Italian citizen. So okay. he acquired the Italian citizenship not because he did something, but simply because his parents were Italian. Frank or Francesco or Luigi, on his turn, had got married with his life, had children, then children, up to today. 
if Mario, when he arrived in the United States, didn't renounce to his Italian citizenship to become a US citizen, like at the time, remember that you couldn't keep two citizenship. If you wanted to become American, you had to renounce to your Italian citizenship. If he didn't do that, so he didn't waive his Italian citizenship, he decided to maintain his contact with Italy and he never waived Italian citizenship. Francesco or Luigi also received the Italian blood from the father. If Mario decided to become a US citizen before the birth of Luigi, in this case, when Luigi was born, the father, Mario, was only a US citizen. So when I say we need to prove there was uninterrupted line of blood, it means that we have to show and prove through documents that we help our clients to claim in the United States to prove that that Italian-born member of a family who arrived in the United States didn't renounce to his Italian citizenship, at least didn't do it before the birth of his son born in the United States. Okay. If he renounced to his Italian citizenship, but years after the birth of his son, we're fine because that son, when he was born, received the Italian blood from the father or from the mother. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically, whoever had first arrived from Italy into the United States, as long as they didn't renounce their Italian citizenship, at least not before the birth of their child, that there was no interruption there, that child would be an Italian citizen, whether he knew it or not, right? And then that could carry on through the next family lines, right? Is what you're saying. You summarize it perfectly. Thank you very much, actually. Perfect. And well, I'm in my mind, it's just like fascinating as an immigration attorney. I, I I knew, you know, oh, but what if they didn't do it before the birth? Because there's a lot of things in US law like that as well. And so it's something else, like when you were saying our work in the world kind of mirrors one another, there's a lot of parallels. And so in the United States, we have by blood, you can have citizenship by blood or by being born on the soil. Born by blood doesn't extend quite in the same way in Italy does. It goes so far, so many family lineage, like so many lines back. So can you talk more about those two things by blood and, and by soil and how a person can have citizenship in either way? In Italy, we don't have citizenship by soil. In other words, if a baby, a foreign baby, was born in Italy from non-Italian parents, the simple fact that you are born in the Italian territory that use most this kind of citizenship. There was a proposal to allow kids born in Italy who spent X numbers of years in Italy to acquire automatically citizenship, but it's not the case yet. So at the moment, the only way, the only way it has citizenship is through kind of blood. Okay. You can become Italian by resident. In other words, if you stay in Italy a number of years, but generally speaking, a non-Italian, someone coming from abroad who decides to stay in Italy for 10 continuous years, so 10 years of permanent residency in Italy, allows you to claim the Italian citizenship. Another mm -hmm. way of obtaining Italian citizenship is obviously if you're married to an Italian. In this case, it's another difference that, you have, that we have, I believe, with the United States because I am married to an American citizen, but the mere fact that I'm married to an American doesn't allow me to become a U.S. citizen if I'm not living in the United States. In Italy, even if you don't, under the Italian regulations, even if you are not living in Italy, but you are married to an Italian for at least, I think, three years that currently, after three years of continuous marriage, regardless of where you are registered as a married couple, you can claim your Italian citizenship. Okay. A lot of different ways to have citizenship, but the by blood is the one that's so unique in Italy and how it goes so far back. 
in your family? Because in the U.S., it's pretty immediate. You can't just like make that connection that far back, claim it. We are pretty much unique also on European, from a European perspective, because other European states like France, Germany, or Spain, who are still allowing people to recover their respective citizenship are not so generous. So we Mm -hmm. are definitely on the European Union member states that are basically giving the possibility to people to obtain not only an Italian passport, but European Union passport, because let's don't forget that by becoming an Italian citizen, you become a European Union citizen. So you get a passport that is the key not to open only the Italian door, but that it's a European Union passport that allows you to live, study, run business, do whatever you want in any of the 27 states of European Union. So if your dream is to become Italian, but then you decide to spend a year or two or to run an investment or to something do something else in France, in Spain, in Portugal, in anywhere else in the European Union, you can do it because you are a European Union citizen, not only in Italy. Italy, among the majority of the European Union countries, is the one that at the moment, unless they are changing the rules, up to 150 years, we can go back to when Italy became a nation. So starting from 1861, if someone was born or was living in Italy at the time that Italy became a nation, that person automatically is Italian. And all the following generations coming from that person are by blood Italian. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's it cut uh, the connection cut out just a little, but I heard the 150 years and I want to make sure everybody else hears it too when they're listening, that you can go back 150 years is what you said with your bloodline to show I'm a citizen. That's the key to you can be an Italian citizen and not know it. And it is extremely generous that Italy goes back that far. No other European country. I went back as soon as I met you. I thought, oh, please have Italian in my ancestry. And I've I've been digging. I have a lot of Irish and German, and but then I looked into their respective laws, super, super strict, and Italy has that, 150 years. So that's amazing. There are obviously, I'm making like trying to explain in a nutshell, then we need to see case by case the situations. Sure. But in principle, yes, we have actually clients where we are currently looking at their family trees and we're going back up to 1870, 1875. So we're definitely over 150 years of lineage that we're able to recreate. The hardest thing, the most difficult part of this application is actually to find birth and marriage certificate pertaining to these people. Because when we were talking as a lawyer said, what kind of evidence we have to bring to the attention of the authority in order to be eligible for this kind of, to require Italian citizenship. We need to basically recreate the line of blood and show the birth, marriage, and death certificate, but mainly birth and marriage certificate. And those documents must be original documents. So we cannot use old piece of paper. We cannot use uh, pictures of the grave. We cannot use newspapers. We need to have, use official vital records that need to be found in the municipalities or the vital record office of the place where these people were born. And that is where our role as lawyers become extremely useful and important because we know where to find these documents. We have genealogists helping us to track documents throughout Italy. And we have co-counsel also in the United States that when it's hard for some of our clients dig into the vital record of a small, I don't know, Cook County or uh-huh. in, in Illinois <laughs> or in Nevada, where sometimes those little cities, in some little cities, they didn't they don't even have an actual archive until the 20s 
So mm -hmm. how do we get those documents? Start like becoming creative. We are looking for, I don't know, baptism certificate. We are looking for the draft card. We are looking for other official document that can confirm that that person was born there in that year. Yeah, and that's, that perfectly leads me into my question about I know in the time we have, you couldn't even begin to explain every single step in the process, but like that 30,000 foot overview, if somebody has this Italian ancestry, this Italian lineage, kind of what is the process and how long does it take? That's the other part that's fascinating. I tell you what we do, generally speaking, when someone gets in touch with us. So we give you a little bit of background. Obviously, the collaboration with the client in these kind of cases is essential because you need to tell me where your family is coming from. So sure. very often we, we are lucky enough to having very proactive clients that much more than, for instance, than a lot of people in Italy kept in a very jealous, a very, very meticulous way, the document pertaining to their family. So they are actually able to tell us that through family stories, they, they know where their Italian board member of the family was born in Naples, in Sicily, and the different part of Italy. We provide them kind of a format, a chart, family chart, the family tree chart that they have to fill out, starting from them and going back into the, the lineage of father and mother and then moving to grandparents and great-grandparents so that we have a visual picture of all the, the line of blood up to the Italian-born member of the family. Once we have this tree, we have our genealogists that start looking with the help of the force of information provided by the client, we start looking for the vital record of the Italian-born member of the family. Once we have that document, we start running some preliminary, and generally speaking, this is part of an activity that we offer as a complementary assessment for our clients. We don't want to waste our time. We don't want our clients to waste their time if it's if we're not going anywhere. So what we're trying to do is to, to track the most historical, the oldest document that are, again, the Italian board, the document related to the Italian board member of a family, 100 years or 100, up to 150 years ago, and the document proving if and when the naturalization of that Italian board member of the, of the family took place. So we need to determine whether that Mario, the one I was telling you uh -huh. in the example, he'd renounce to his Italian citizenship and when. There are specific archives in the United States through the USCIS and the National Archive of NARA that offers at this point an incredible resource of information. A lot of files got digitized at the point at this moment and it's possible to really to find a lot of information, at least starting from 1906. Before that, we even have to go into the, the labor court or the different local court where the application for becoming a U.S. citizen back at the time where I handled. So at the beginning, it's a very complex process. But once we have a clear picture and we track the Italian document and we have reasonable information or we can rely on information collected believe that the line of blood was not interrupted, that is basically half of the game is already done. Then we work together with the client to collect the birth and marriage certificate of the following generations up to the applicant, to the person who is willing to, to submit the application. Once we have recreated this line of blood, starting from the Italian born member of the family, up from Mario to Megan, uh -huh. who is now able to claim her Italian citizenship, we have a nice package need to be, that needs to be translated. We using our official translator, certified translator, and then we decide where to submit the application. The two typical venues are if you're still living, if you're planning to live in the United States or whatever it is your, your residency, 
the application must be submitted at the Italian consulate of the place where you are living. So we need to knock at the door of the Italian consulate in New York, in Boston, in Miami, San Francisco, Los Hello. Angeles, right. Detroit. If you are in a situation where you say, you know what, I'm ready to move my life to Italy. I'm ready to bring my family and my beautiful big application for citizenship that I have put together. I'm ready to bring it in Italy. You can establish, and we help our clients to establish their residency, your, their permanent domicile in any municipality where they want to stay in Italy. And the application will be handled, generally speaking, much faster in one of the thousands of little municipalities where you can establish your life. In this case, the process will be handled by the comune, by the municipality here in Italy. So the Italian consulate will not have any role in this case. And the Italian consulates, I, I've heard individuals trying to do it on their own. And it's quite a labyrinth that you're working through. And, you know, I can see how important it is to have an expert like you and your corner if you're wanting to do this. But I've heard individuals trying to go to the Italian consulate in the U.S. And it seems like there's there's no appointments. And it seems like that court venue ultimately is going to be the key, right? I don't want to provide too much information, but I think I want to spend a few words on exactly sure. on this subject because it's very important. Number one, it is true and is a fact, unless something changes overnight, that because of the quantity, we just finished telling you the amount of potential candidates for this citizenship are currently in the United States. I can tell you Brazil, Argentina, Canada is the same situation. Because of the application, the Italian consulate are struggling in managing the amount of application they are pending. And we are facing a situation of completely backlog. Like there is no appointment available. Yeah. And this is obviously a clear situation of frustration because a lot of people say, we cannot even have access to the consulate. We are trying to log in and the consulate website is constantly blocked and doesn't allow us to get an appointment. What can we do? The official answer is, or the official answer provided by the Italian consulate is keep on trying. It's like mm. winning a lottery. Every day or every week, the server of the computers of the consulate get refreshed at midnight Italian time. So what you have to do is to try to log in at midnight Italian time, which is 6 p.m., 5 p.m., depending on your time zone in the United States, and try to be there with your finger on <laughs> your mouse and, and try to get there, hoping that someone renounced to their appointment, someone canceled the appointment, something happened in the system, and there is for a few seconds a green light telling to the person that's your spot, get the appointment, and therefore you can go move forward. Some Italian consulates, I think New York, is now creating a waiting list. So instead of having that frustrating message of no appointment, nada, zero, mm -hmm. cerrado, please <laughs> include it in a waiting list that allows you to, to hope for an appointment. In this case, I have to tell you that the role of the lawyer is more focus on helping you to collect and to have a flawless application ready to be taken to the consulate. But lawyers and in general, any company that tells you that they can speed up the process and obtain for you an appointment at the consulate are telling something that all the Italian consulate are putting big disclaimers saying, there is no way, it's actually illegal using private companies to obtain an appointment with the Italian consulate. So whoever tells you, if you pay me, I can get an appointment for you, is telling something that you have to take with grain of salt and be sure that is actually legal and possible. Yeah. The other information that 
think is equally important and open really a new Pandora's box in a, and generally speaking, I say this is like winning the lottery, thinking of the chances to obtain an appointment is if you are one of those cases that we call 1948 case. What is a 1948 case? The old Italian rules that we have is uh, that the Italian rules are related to citizenship goes back to 1912. Back at the time, only men were recognized as holder of Italian citizenship. In other words, the Italian citizenship was passed by the blood of a father, father okay. alone. Men were obviously discriminated, were not able to pass Italian citizenship. This was a situation that continued until 1948 when Italy became a republic and a new constitution was enacted, granting also to women the possibility to, to have civil rights and have the same right and same equal treatment. After 1948, a lot of the decision of the Supreme Court went back looking at all those rules that were still in place, considering those rules discriminatory because they were treating women and men in a different way. Making the long story short, over the past 30 years, up to 2009, and that's when everything changed, the Supreme Court declared that also women are allowed to pass Italian citizenship, even according to the old law dated 1912, with the only peculiarity that if a woman was born before 1948, an Italian woman was born before 1948, and she gave birth to her child before 1948, in this case, the application cannot be submitted at the consulate or to a municipality, must, must be presented to a court. And in this case, it's the judge, an Italian judge, the one that will review your case and will declare that that woman was Italian and her child and grandchildren up to today's applicant are Italian, thanks to that Italian woman. Why is winning the lottery having, a, let's say, a female lineage of the blood? Because you skip the consulate. You don't have to move to Italy. And when your package of application, all your birth, marriage, and death certificate are completed, we are able, and this is essential to have a lawyer. This is where the lawyer plays a big role. People come to us and we will be submitting their application on the competent court in Italy, that is the court of where the Italian born member of the family was born. And we submit all the documents claiming that the family or the applicant is Italian because the great grandmother was Italian. And because she was born before 1948, we cannot go to the consulate. We have to come asking for a fair interpretation of each civil of the constitutional principle to the court, and it would be the court. The one that within eight, 10 months, more or less, that's the timing, will recognize that that woman was Italian, and therefore the current applicant is an Italian citizen as well. So this is incredible news. And every time that we have a 1948 case, we scream to our clients that you win the lottery because. Once we have this process, we can go in front of a court and we can claim your Italian citizenship and we can create family bundle so that if we have numbers of family members, siblings living in different parts of the United States and children, grandchildren living in different parts of the United States, we can claim, we can create a family bundle, a family package, and without having to move, without having to come to Italy, not even for the court hearing, we can submit an application and the entire family can, if they want, claim and obtain their Italian citizenship. Obviously, there is always a disclaimer. We are in front of the court. As such, every decision is independent from the other. We have very strong precedent that makes us believe that this is still a good way to, to proceed. Every now and then, there are some court decisions that are interpreting this principle in a different ways. And 
obviously we cannot guarantee that every case will be identical to the previous one. You know better than yes. anybody else that <laughs> we cannot be the success in front of the court. But statistically speaking, at this point, we have thousands of cases that have been decided by the Italian courts confirming these principles. Yeah, that's a, I think it's just so interesting, just more and more parallels going even all the way back to when you started talking about the floodgates, right? It's like they open the floodgates and there's all these applications and everybody's waiting similar to the U.S. And then, you know, companies that will tell you they can make it faster, but that's not true. That's, you know, that's a lie. And yeah, and, and just like in, in U.S. immigration law and in Italian immigration law, things have a, a long process. But I think it's so important for listeners just to reiterate, to know and to understand if you have Italian lineage, you should really just look into it because you might have this opportunity. Maybe you'll be lucky and have this 1948 case too and be able to have a citizenship. There's just so many different ways. And you were saying, you know, to summarize too, all the benefits of Italian citizenship, not just Italy, but opening all the other doors to the European Union, being able to study and work and live and buy property. And two, for individuals who are going through the U.S. immigration process, I really want them to hear this because I can't tell you how many times I've met with couples who the immigrant is from the United Kingdom or they're from Italy or France or somewhere from, from the EU, right? And the process is equally hard for that U.S. citizen to be able to, to have a life in the European Union. And if they would have this Italian uh, lineage, you might be able to both ultimately be dual citizens. And how many doors would that open? And I just I just find it fascinating. And I really hope people hear this. And so if anyone is listening and they realize, hey, I have Italian lineage, how do they get in contact with you? What are the next steps to have you in their corner to help them navigate this process? I think that we're going to be able to put some link or uh, yes. some link here and there to provide our information. My website is Capecchi Legal, spelled C-A-P-E-C-C-H-I Legal, Capecchi Legal, one word, dot com. And that's my website. We have a social media, we are on Instagram. And we have, I think, one of the most useful tools in order to have a better understanding of the opportunities, not only related to citizenship, because let's say that you're not a potential citizen, but you love Italy. What are the options for you to move to Italy? So the different kind of visa for, for workers, for family reunion, for elective residents, which is kind of a golden visa for people that decide simply to, to enjoy their money and their time in Italy. So there are a lot of opportunities. We have a podcast like, the one that we are recording today, that is capeckilegal.com slash podcast. But you also can find us on all the main platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, also under the Italian Legal Whisperer, which is the name of our podcast. So uh, you can either look for the Italian Legal Whisperer as a podcast, or you can look for Italian for capeckilegal.com slash podcast, and you will find all our, the recording that we, we had so far we started from coming as a tourist to what kind of visa, what kind of real estate investment you can run. And currently this week, we're actually uploading on the, on different portals also the episodes where we talk about citizenship, which is very Perfect. more or less we cover today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Attorney Kapeki, for being with us here today. And for everyone who's watching, whether you're watching this on YouTube or one of, one of the other platforms, we'll be sure to put all of the links in the show notes or on the notes on YouTube so you can check this out. I just think so many opportunities here. Laws are always changing. Things are always changing. So I think it's a, a matter of getting in and while you can, while <laughs> maybe you have one of those, those uh, lottery cases, right? <laughs> 
Well, you can. Looking forward to have you as our guest in our podcast very soon. And I would be interested also for the for listeners that are probably Americans who are willing to come to Europe and to Italy to listen to your point of view as in terms of complications. Sometimes we hear people say, oh, well, in America, it's not that complicated. I say, well, <laughs> I have someone that can have to say about the level of complication and technicality that it takes for an Italian person who wants to move to United States. So it was great talking to you when we met in person. It was, it's great to be here today with you. And I'm looking forward for many more opportunities to share our experience that at the end of the day is a good food for thought for a lot of our listeners. Me too. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you in person. It was a pleasure to have you today. And I'm looking forward to all of our future collaborations as well. And thanks to all of our viewers for watching or listening wherever you happen to be uh, viewing this podcast. Have an excellent day. 